Hello, I am Katrina Collier, and as part of my mission to inspire all the people that recruit people to treat people better, I bring you the Hiring Partner Perspective Unedited podcast. Here, you will hear from those hiring leaders who create true partnerships with recruiters, HR, and talent acquisition because they know that it delivers a better result for the business and a better human experience. May this podcast inspire other hiring leaders to create better partnerships with their recruiters and HR. And may it inspire recruiters to create true and valuable partnerships with their hiring leaders because people make businesses succeed and people matter. So let us begin. Sarah Burgess, welcome to the Hiring Partner Perspective podcast, proudly supported by the wonderful people at WorkDrive. Welcome, welcome. Hi. It's so nice to see your face. It's so nice to see your face because no one listening can see us. But we, I know. We I, feel like, I feel like we're benefit. special. I know. I, know. I feel like we're special. We get to see faces. It's so lovely. It's a feature in Zencaster and it really does make it easier to actually have the conversation. Yeah. Because you, you get oh no, smiling, all of that. Yeah. Um, you and I have actually known each other since my really baby days in my company actually when I came yeah. and did some training when you were at Fletcher. I was trying to work this out was it like 2014 2015 I think so yeah and then you yeah, came and slept in my house and everything I know it's like <laughs> client invites you to stay at the house how well do I have to behave Drink martini. <laughs> we did not behave no we did not behave but give the listeners a bit of a background into what you've done because I knew you obviously as a HRD but yeah of your career okay so I suppose I probably have like a secret career and like a a real life career so I've been like a qualified (laughs) it's really not like a superhero vibe at all um no so I qualified as a business psychologist back in 2010 which is like a really really long time ago um but I only actually really practiced as one um in like the last five years so I've mainly been in learning and development HR obviously is um, head of people people director where I met you um and in my current role now as um sort of senior L&D for All Saints but I also did sort of like a three three and a half four year stint as an actual practicing business psychologist because you know you kind of go to uni you spend all this money you put all this effort in you think maybe I should try and be one for a little bit and see what that's about um (laughs) so you're the only person I know who's doing something related to their actual degree other know, than obviously right? doctors and lawyers yeah <laughs> I know I got there in the end completely different I know I got there in the end I got there in the end um so it was quite yeah. hilarious because we, before I hit the record button I said so what does a business psychologist do and you said I'm going to google it I'm actually so going to google, google it say so I have just googled prior to this call uh, this conversation what is a business psychologist um and the first thing that pops up of 73 million results is Business psychologists are independent professionals who are employed to offer unbiased and objective data regarding people and workplace issues, such as employee engagement, succession planning, and staff retention. Their advice will be based on years of research and scientific rigor. Yeah. I like that. I like that because I do, I do, if anything, over the last year and a half, I have really learned to embrace my inner nerd, my inner geek, and I'm really enjoying it. So I'll take that. Is that because your company has allowed you to as well? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think because um, this when, is like your dream job, isn't it? I this mean, you, is you my love dream fashion, job. and you've ended up in L and D in fashion. I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, I, if I think my first L and D role was with Mango, which is also a very cool brand, and enabled me to kind of travel and spend quite a lot of time in Spain and stuff, which was really awesome. And yeah, it's like some people have said to me, "Or oh, do you feel like you've..." 
gone backwards or gone sideways or anything like that and I said no I've actually I feel like I've done like the full circle of life <laughs> I'm literally back <laughs> in back in my heartland um and all saints oh my gosh like iconic um I have to say I'm pretty much living my best life in black I'm not today because I'm trying not to um but yeah just oh man yeah it's, it's yeah it's just so fantastic to be back um in retail and also yes definitely with a business that really values my inner psychology geek 100% and that's been so great to kind of weave that into everything that um I've been able to do over the last 12 months especially within a pandemic because pandemic. we've had so much stuff around resilience well-being and being able to kind of actually fall back on a bit of an evidence base and I actually when I did a bit of extra um training actually around mm -hmm. um sort of like the sort of psychology behind resilience and such just again so I, like, I could confirm to myself that I knew what I was doing um which was quite helpful um I mean if there was every really good. year to discover what depths of resilience you had that was last year <laughs> definitely 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 you know what I actually I was doing a talk last week um at a sort of HR conference and I got com caught completely off guard because I was talking about all the great things that we'd done as a brand for our teams around resilience and sort of sharing some of the training that we've been doing mm. and I got com caught completely off guard by someone who said to me all oh, right so do you always put your oxygen mask on first and do you always look after you first nope. and I was like um <laughs> no not really and you know what I, I <laughs> because I was caught off guard I ended up being like probably quite exceptionally honest um, I was just like look you know what I think I've just muddled through as best as anyone else can you know what I mean yeah. I don't think I've done it any better or any worse I don't think anybody has been better or worse I think that's been a lot of perception actually of like other people have done like the pandemic better than others it's like now nah, we've all just kind of muddled through uh, I think I think that's some of the problem and some of that problem that comes from social media doesn't it about the perception oh, of yeah. how we actually are handling it compared to how we are actually handling mm. it so it's mm -hmm. always fun. Now, you came up with a – oh, brilliant. I just nearly <laughs> took my head off with the cable. Don't um, do that. You I know. It would be really fascinating. Nobody would understand why I suddenly went quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, you came up with the best topic for this because, um, obviously, um, I'm wanting to interview hiring managers, but when I can't, I'm getting experts like yourself in to talk around a topic that will help mm. with that partnership between recruiters and hiring managers because I think yeah. if we can fix that and the one with HR – we yeah. can really start fixing the candidate experience problem. Now, you came up with managing disappointment, which I just yeah. think is brilliant, but I want to know more. Spill the beans. Okay. What do you mean by managing disappointment? How does that all fit in the picture? Well, do you know what? I think because when I was thinking, when you asked me to come on this, I was thinking, okay, so what is Katrina all about? What is she really going to value? And you know, uh -huh. what's going to be my kind of vibe on this? And I always go back to that same phrase you always say, which is be human, be more yeah. human don't be you know yeah, robot yeah. proof you know yeah those are the kind of the first things that came to my mind and with that also comes well with being human also means being human as in human. the kind of stuff that makes us a little bit more fallible <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. like our emotions like, perception not putting your gas mask on first <laughs> yeah not gas mask <laughs> Oxygen mask. mask. Oxygen <laughs> mask. Gas mask. It is a gas mask, is it not? <laughs> well, it depends on the context of why you're wearing a gas mask, I guess. Um, Whatever yeah. they say on the plane. See, it's been that long since I've got on a flight. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Like, what is that? How do you, what is travel? Um, yeah, so it got me thinking. how much I don't listen when they're saying it as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so it just really got me thinking about, well, to actually be more human and be robot proof, actually, we also kind of need to be quite aware of what that means for us as humans. Like you say, we're, you know, yeah. humans are fallible. We're not perfect. We're not robots. And that's the whole point. 
Mm. And I thought, oh, we could talk about listening and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought, you know, what would be really cool is actually a lot of what comes out in those kind of relationships is expectations. So I thought you were going to mm. get with this quality or I thought you were going to do this by this time. Um, and it just made me really think about, okay, well, actually what you're managing there is disappointment as well. Um, yeah. And I thought that would just be a dead interesting topic to dive into with you from a recruitment point of view. Because, well, actually, to be fair, I think the vast majority of the entire recruitment process is managing disappointment, which sounds dreadful. You know, you yeah. get in 100 applications and you're going to hire one person. That's a lot of yeah. rejecting. But you yeah. are more talking about like between the hiring managers and recruiters. Yeah. Or in, yeah. Really in any because situation. Probably... But you, you said something yeah, interesting definitely. before we came on about how we have this internal like love of who we're really looking for. So this ideal that may or may not be realistic. Uh... And yeah, then, I mean, think of it in your appointment as well. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, think of it in your personal life. You know, the who in your personal life is pretty quite. It can be pretty terrifying, really, because it's that. You know, think about this whole idea of the one. You know, we meet the one person that's perfect <laughs> for us, our soulmate that we're going to love forever. There's only this one person that's ever going to fulfill our desires. Um, yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's unrealistic and yeah, expectation. It's, we yeah, have. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> potentially because you know, again, people are people. Um, and you know it's thinking about actually when you're trying to get clarity around that can be quite difficult because what does that actually mean um and it was funny because I was talking about this in work um in a training session last week and they were saying to me yeah but how does this even apply to work and it's like well how do you want to feel about the relationships that you're having at work have you thought about that and it's like well no they're just work people and it's like well no it's a relationship Maybe it isn't the kind of, oh, are they? Am I going to fall in love with them forever? Am I going to, you know, live in our kind of, you know, white picket fence, um, kind of vibe, that kind of thing. But there's something about there is a key about knowing how you want to feel in relationships and focusing mm-hmm. on that instead of how you think the other person should be. Do you know what I mean? It's that. So mm-hmm. there's an element of if I'm a hiring manager and I have, and we all have perceptions and stuff, you know, we'll have worked with recruiters in the yeah. past. We may have recruited ourselves, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So we have a bit of, we have that already, that perception. So that's the other kind of human part of it. Mm. Um, but actually it's that, you know, so we get an idea of well, how that person should be. So you may Instead want to feel. It's like, how do yeah. I want to feel? Yeah. How do I feel? So you may want to feel yeah. at ease, you know, interested, engaged you know that this person's doing the right thing for you um so we sometimes find ourselves thinking they should be interested in me and engaging with me and doing what I need them Mm. to do um rather than actually like am I actually showing that myself (laughs) it's like this is what I want this is what I want this is what you should do but actually a have I asked for it b am I showing that I'm open yeah (laughs) you know what I mean I hear that it's, so it's often. A sh- it's a simple shift in intention. Yeah, it's it's people make assumptions yes. instead of. So I would like ease, but they don't explain yeah. the process to gain ease. Yeah, this is my expectation of you. This is my expectation yeah. of what I'll deliver. I just expect. That yeah, I just expect that's going to happen based on what I think and what I want from it. Yeah. Um, but actually, if you're approaching the situation, what you want from that relationship instead of what the other person should yeah. or should not be doing, for example, you know please, you know, recruiter or hiring manager, see, you know, see how amazing I am at getting this goal, you know. Mm. It's that, well, actually, could you not kind of ask for it instead? Or, you know. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's You're reminding me of actually when I was going through um, my, I call it coaching therapy, 
Michelle Zelly will not call it that, but to undo my childhood trauma and stuff. Yeah. And she would be talking about like you're choosing to feel that way. Yeah. And the only person's yeah. Like the only person you can control and the actions of is yourself. Hmm. So if you're not changing your approach yeah. to the situation or changing yeah. how you feel, like you're doing that. And this is yeah. sounds like very much what you're saying here. Yeah, because we can develop some pretty fixed ideas on what will make us happy or what the result that we want. And eventually we can almost kind of like train our minds to believe that we'll only be happy if it happens, that mm. that one thing happens. So if this recruitment happens in that way and then layer onto in the time that I think it should happen in and at the level yeah. and quality, I believe it's going to happen at. Yes, which is <laughs> so just a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but this is the issue. So this is the human side of it. This is like, because we mistakenly believe that that is the thing that's going to make us happy in that situation. So if I get the perfect candidate that I believe is out there in the time that I think that's going to happen in this relationship I'm going to have with this recruiter, for example, and we don't get mm. it, then that's when you get the disappointment. Yeah. And what's really interesting is that research shows us that actually disappointment is a form of sadness. <laughs> okay. It's like, mm. it can, it feels like a feeling of loss or like an uncomfortable space or a painful like gap between our expectations and like what's really happening. And I think that's where, you know, sometimes we talk, we talk all the time about managing expectations, whether that's in sort of like client customer relationships or, you know, even from like development succession, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then do we actually really think about, well, okay. And it's always, isn't it? The kind of goal setting. So should, have I set objectives? So have I set really clear yeah. objectives for this recruiter for what I want for this role? Yeah. Well, that's fair enough. But have you checked in on what your 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 mind trained expectations are around the relationship, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So actually, I don't think we talk about that. expectations and disappointment. So yeah, this is our ideal expectation of how we're going to work together to fill this role. Yeah. If this doesn't happen, how are you going to feel? Yeah. And we, yeah. act, my God, yeah. And what's really really interesting wow. is that research also tells us that there's no guarantee that if we get the things we want, we'll be happy. So even if yeah. that recruiter does everything <laughs> that you've expected and wanted and, you yeah. know, you know, but without giving them any, like all the things we've just been talking about, not actually doing any of that. And yeah. um, there's quite a bit of evidence to say that you still won't be happy with the service. So from a, from a okay, service provider. hanging like that. What do you need to do? <laughs> <laughs> so actually, well, the trick is apparently because, our satisfaction with things are very short-lived. It's the whole like pay rise argument, isn't it? You know, when you get a pay rise and you're yep. like, oh my God, I've got all this extra money. And then it literally takes like three months before you're skint again <laughs> because you just, you just you absorb it. <laughs> yeah, you shop all things. Um, yeah, and you and you look amazing but, in leather jackets when you're yeah, sat at home. But, um, <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, on a side, actually, it. I think I'm the only person that's actually got dressed in a full proper outfit every single day of this pandemic. I have not done the whole sweatpants thing. And people have literally said I'm mad. And I'm like, have I missed out? I don't know. I've, no, I've well, I, I would just like to say I that I, I don't actually own sweatpants. No. Right. So I we wear jeans. Don't. And you notice mm. when your jeans are getting tight. Um, mm. <laughs> I do that quite yeah. a bit. But I've been working from home for 11 years, so. I already knew well, to do that. Yeah, I you have practice. Like you 12 have practice. months into, oh dear, I wish I had been wearing jeans. But anyway, um, so. So, yeah. So this is like, you know, you get, you get a satisfaction. Yeah, the satisfaction with stuff's really short-lived. So mm. actually what we need to be trying to do is make that experience, you know, almost like we're enjoying what's happening in the moment. Yeah. So there's an opportunity there around, you know, communication between a recruiter and a hiring manager. It's like, you might have some milestones in, but that might just be stuff like, Oh, here's my long list. Here's my short list. Here's the interview. Yeah, da, da, da. 
But then actually, is there any opportunity around communication to kind of encourage some satisfaction with what's happening all the way through rather than the only satisfaction being at the end? Like the end is the only satisfaction. Got you. So from a recruiter point of view, working with a hiring manager who has these expectations Mm. to avoid the disappointment is just to what keep validating as we're going through. Hey, yeah, we're doing well with in. this. Keep checking in. How yeah. are we doing? How are we? Yeah. How are you feeling? <laughs> so that was a bit too psychologist, move. wasn't it? How are you feeling? How are you feeling right now? But yeah. But you know, I mean, yeah. Okay. We don't have to go kind of like it's funny, Freudian couch. We do go logic, um, don't we? Rather than mm. going to the emotion. And it is an emotion-based yeah. decision when it should be logical sometimes. And again, if you're holding in the back of your mind that even if I do my best job and get the best outcome, this person might still, for whatever reason, mm. based on their expectation, not be 100% satisfied. Yeah. Because it could be, oh, you know, yeah, it's really great outcome, but you could have, oh, it'd been nice to have had a little bit more conversation. It'd been nice to have a little more, you know, I don't know. No, I like that, the check-in. Because Mm. also the the person that they're hiring is also human. So Mm -hmm. they could go through the whole expectation and hire the perfect unicorn and then they not work out. And there's a whole other level of And that's a whole other level of disappointment, yeah. That comes in. Definitely. I mean, it, it just sounds like, it all comes back to basics, doesn't it? Better communication, more frequent communication, being a bit more open, yeah. a bit more honest. Yeah. Check in. I love that check in. Yeah. Check. I mean, and I think there's there's something again about that, our expectation of like how long things take. Mm. Um, because there's a lot to say that actually our expectation of how, of how long things take are actually influenced by social norms. Mm. So it's like, well, yeah. what other people do? what I've seen other companies do Hmm. the last time I was over here somebody else did that so we kind of almost have this unspoken rule going on um and it's unspoken goals and we kind of put our goals on this timeline um and it's really it's funny when we let reach our goals quicker we can still be quite disappointed by that because it's almost like oh I thought it was going to take this long but it hasn't so again it's that quick live satisfaction I think we do need to put them on the couch and give them a good talking to. <laughs> maybe, well, may, maybe that's the thing. Maybe this is the this is the the key thing now for recruiters is like, okay, what's going to be my like therapy couch moment in yeah. this relationship, just to really get out. <laughs> what, what's sort of what's the kind of underlying kind of emotion behind stuff? Mm. Um, it's and quite this is, funny. Yeah. I've really enjoyed that with the mastermind that I run. Mm. Uh, so that twelve month program I created from the Robot Proof Recruiter. Yeah. And yeah getting people to feel stuff because mm. it's like you can say you know, like I start with the module of trust because you know recruiters have got to gain trust they've got to have the hiring managers yeah. trust and so on and it's but it's getting them to feel it and sometimes yeah. we're so disconnected because we're like almost like your colleague said well you know I'm work so why would I want to feel anything yeah. about this relationship yeah I mean and, and it's bizarre how we try and box ourselves off when we're and, you know, I still hear people saying things like, you don't go to work to make friends and, you know, you don't, you go to work to work. And it's like, that's fine. But that feels almost kind of like, you know, when you talk about like robots, maybe not yeah. in terms of recruiting sense, but a robot in general, it's like, well, actually, I've all power to you for kind of going with that mindset of I'm going to really focus on my job, my career, progression, whatever it might be. Mm. But actually, <laughs> by kind of taking that approach, you're not going to get the best out of yourself or other people necessarily. Because no. you're not managing expectations or perceptions or all that other kind of fun stuff that comes along with working that, with you're more human productive beings. when you do mm. enjoy the environment you're in. So. Definitely. And because I'm laughing, thinking I was your client when our friends. Yeah. And, and that happens with a lot of my clients yeah. as well. And again, I mean, I, I suppose I could go in going, 
oh, well, they're not going to end up being a friend. Not that I aim for that. It just happens. But yeah. strange because, yeah, I think also if you if they do become, you do become closer, they can help you develop as well because they'll be more honest with you than trying to shut yourself off in a definitely definitely and I think you know just linking back to what you're saying then it's like there's been plenty of times where I've like got in touch with you because I'm like oh I've got this question or I'm just thinking about or I need some advice Mm -hmm. on and you're like yeah yeah go for it and then you're kind of the same kind of thing so it's almost it's friends but it's network networking so there's there's something around also from a collaboration point of view so sort of take stepping off the therapy couch for a second yeah (laughs) um you know we think about collaboration as the kind of oh you know Let's make sure this you know, schedules and times girls are aligned. You know, let's mm-hmm. make sure we're really cooperating. You know, are we sharing the risk rewards of this situation? But actually, it's also your network. Like, how strong is the connection? Mm. So, I val- yeah, I value you as a friend. I also value you as a really like, strong part of my network as yeah. well. Same. And it's and because of that, we're able to collaborate. Because of that, we can we don't disappoint each other. I hope yeah. we don't disappoint each other <laughs> too often. No, but um, it be that thing I think is, there's, there's something there as well about that. I think. Yeah, and also it's that thing where you're you're my person, my go-to person to ask for advice on X, Y, Z. And if I mm. ask you and you don't know, mm. you would say, "I don't know," but I know someone who does. Yeah, and that's that joy of the network. Yeah, because we can we we're so interconnected, all of us, that we can pass people on. Mm. And then you're not disappointing them anyway. No. That, which, yeah. But then that goes, actually, that's quite interesting because that's made me think about that that sort of fear people have of saying, I don't know. And I think there's a lot of hiring managers yeah. who don't know when they're recruiting. They don't really know what they want. So, yep. ha- but you've added this whole other layer to it with the whole, yeah. Well, actually, in their mind, they're probably creating. Well, we keep calling unicorns because that's what recruiters. But this is the thing, like and people. and again, this that that's the kind of the how part of managing disappointment. Because mm. once we have something we need to do, our brain will automatically think of ways to do it, ways to go yeah. after it. Um, and if we can't think of a good way to do it, we might give up or get a bit grumpy or be quite difficult to work with, and then we feel disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> or we may go completely the opposite end of the spectrum and start developing like elaborate schemes. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get what we want and that usually involves other people following a script we've written for them or you know having a series of events that we kind of plot to unfold in a certain way and that could that totally applies to that kind of recruiter hiring manager relationship because it's this kind of well, I expect to have a long list by I expect to have a short list by you mm. said you know, well I think this is how it's going to happen and if you're a recruiter it's actually like well no maybe, maybe I don't think that's the right way to do this kind of thing maybe we should do yeah. a bit of like a network event maybe we should kind of set up in your office and do a bit of a kind of show and tell like open mm. house kind of thing um but if I've got in my mind fixed well this is how it happens yeah. But I don't really know that. It's just my brain looking for certainty and like this is yeah. how I know it's going to work. Then that could cause a bit of a, you know, like a bit of a butting of heads as well. Yeah. And, and that's where potential that's disappointment. Ha- Absolutely. And again, I think that's where from the get-go, from that, the initial intake at the beginning mm. of the process, that it's yeah. really for that recruiter to sit up and partner mm. yeah. and sort of say, oh, that's a brilliant idea. On top of that, have you thought of this? Mm. Like mm-hmm. without detracting from what they've just said. Yeah, it's adding, almost like yeah. You know, I've experienced mm-hmm. this. This has worked quite well. Would you be open to it? Like you know, trying yeah. to gently ease them into a new way of. Yeah, I think there's, the opportunity is kind of not focusing on the end, but like the means. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because I think sometimes it's that, especially if you think most organisations still very much have time to hire as a mm-hmm. KPI. Like, how long does it take to fill mm-hmm. this vacancy? How long has this vacancy been live? 
Um, and that kind of automatically pushes mindset towards, well, that's success. That's the thing. That's the thing we're aiming for. Mm. Um, when actually we might be missing out on some real kind of creative, innovative ways to do recruitment because yeah. it's so much, okay, well, I'm waiting for the, like, I need the end bit. And this is what I've decided yeah. is how we're going to get there and what you're going to do for me. So yeah, you're right. It's, is that, is that partnering or is that just like a more of a service? Yeah. Exactly. And also, if you, in my humble opinion, if you focus on time to hire, then mm. what you're just going to make sure you fill it fast with somebody, mm. not yeah. the person yeah. that's really the right person for that role and mm. going to help the organization. Yeah. It's complicated. But then again, you know, from a hiring manager perspective, you know, it, you then get into that argument of like that quant, you know, quantifiable KPI, isn't it? You know, board yeah. want KPIs. And it's like, well, I just want to measure how well we're partnering and being creative in our recruitment process. It's like, hmm, okay, yeah, I can't put that in a spreadsheet. So that comes again. But then that's that kind of one of those fixed, fixed views of this is how it has to be. But then if you go back to the evidence yeah. of perhaps you get more referrals that way, yeah. you get more retention, yeah. they, they yeah. stay, they don't, it's not failed recruitment, maybe measuring mm. that. Because really, it's really the output, isn't it? How fast yeah. they come in and are up to speed and are being productive yeah. rather than. Yeah. Oh well, we got them in fast or slow. I mean, like either or, whichever mm. way you're going. Oh, we're not going to fix it. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, not today anyway. Do you know no, what? I'm literally sat fast. here going, "Oh, there's that kind of worms. Let's just jump in there, like swim around a bit." Oh, this there's, is there's another book coming. I obviously am going to have a chapter on managing disappointment in there now. <laughs> I, do you know what I think? Because you hear it, whether it's in learning development, HR, recruitment, mm. all about partnering, and mm. it's. I'm still, in my experience, not a hundred percent sure that you know people, we are partnering, and that, I don't mean in terms of all saints. I just mean in general. Like, yeah, yeah, no. Even think... sort of the fact that you're asking me on here to talk about this stuff says to me, oh, there's an interest in the fact that that's still not happening. <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. I think people are in silos, and it, it's there, there's a, a bit to me. There's a big issue in recruitment because people have often come into the in-house role from the agency. Mm-hmm. So mm, they've still yeah. got a service attitude and agents obviously have a service attitude rather than going, no, mm. I'm going to help you fill this with the right person and we're going to do it together. Mm. And I think whether they're in-house or agency, they really should sit up and demand the partnership. But they're seen. Mm. Like you mentioned at the beginning, you know, people are like running things through filters, aren't they? So they're like, yeah. oh, this is my perception of what a recruiter is like because yep. this is the experience I've had with them. Yep. And we're wanting something a bit different. Mm-hmm. So they almost expecting disappointment from the get-go <laughs> sometimes, yeah. which is not great. And I just, that's what I mean with the attitude shift. That's what I've seen through the mastermind, through the facilitation mm. I do, just getting there. But I, we just need to come out of silos. But it's the same, I mean, with HR as well. It's mm. the, the same. They can also, in their part of the process, if they're not yeah. seen as we're all together working to fill this role with the right person who's for the benefit of the company. And we have yeah, and yeah, agree. And I see it in in that in training and development as well. It's kind of oh, we'll do a training session for that. And it's like, why? What's what's the actual? And then you often find what I say to my team now is actually listen, listen. Don't be like, oh, for God's sake, we're being asked to do something else, or mm. actually that that's an extra thing. And why can't why, you already have this in this format, kind of thing? Um, and so like, just listen because actually, often what people think they want isn't quite what they want you know what I mean and it's yeah I wonder if there's a real opportunity for some yeah a bit of therapy couch but also maybe that kind of coach approach as well it's like nice some nice big open questions and then just listen mm. to them um and see what 
what that's about. But I think, yeah, there's, there's influencing in there as well, because like you say, it's that yeah. I need this done by a certain time or I want this person in post. Um, and actually, again, what the research is saying to us is that it's the process that gives us the most satisfaction, not the end result. So even when we think of like setting timescales for stuff, we will set our internal kind of time clock for something. And often mm. those timescales, because they're self-imposed, yeah. <laughs> and are often unrealistic. Yeah. Um, so we can, again, we can be, we just give up or we get discouraged or we, we shout at the said recruiter <laughs> for not yeah. doing what we think they should be doing. Um, but then obviously, as we said, we haven't actually told them like how we expect them to talk to us yeah. and, what we, and what we thought they were going to be like. <laughs> um, yeah. Which so, yeah, goes into yeah. that intake of asking those questions. Being yeah. Open, like you said, open questions. How, how mm. do you need me to be? What, what do you, what are your expectations of me? Yeah. And then maybe yeah. need to pull into line. Obviously, we don't mm. want it to be ridiculous. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. But that's where, you know, if a recruiter's done all of their research before they go into the meeting, they understand the marketplace, that mm. sort of stuff, they should be able to talk with a level of expertise from their own yeah. recruitment experience and understanding the market and the company. No, definitely. Should, and I, th- I think there's definitely a real opportunity around what is the process, like the kind of the middle bit look like rather than the kind of, oh, we're in, we've got the engagement. Oh, we've been chosen. We're going to do it. Mm. And that, then, you know, and the, oh, we've hired the person. Woohoo, it's finished. Actually, yeah. What does that bit in the middle look like? You know, yeah. what, how am I checking in? Like you're saying those kind of check-ins, how am I checking mm. in with that hiring manager to understand where their expectations are sitting? And is there any disappointment brewing? <laughs> um, mm. And because again, the hiring manager may not realize it's brewing. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, as well. I mean, might I not be aware of it. We're also just checking in just to chase them for stuff. Well, yeah. <laughs> Give me feedback on the CV rather than yeah, yeah. How very is this true. falling in line with your expectations? Yeah. What an easy question. What were you expecting? Yeah. What are you not yeah. seeing? Yeah, what, what would you expect by now? Yeah. What What are you not, or, you know, that kind of who point, you know, what are you not seeing in me? Or what are you seeing in me? Like, what do you yeah. want me to do more of? What do you need me to do less of? how is yeah. my communication with you am I finding you interesting enough you know <laughs> maybe yeah. not that one that's weird but yeah, um weird. we're not on a dating site but like <laughs> but it's <laughs> but yeah we're not kind of falling into that like oh I found Very my one <laughs> see you never know now there might be recruiters who find their one true loves and hiring managers as a result of trying to manage disappointment um you never know you never know Sarah's um career. <laughs> <laughs> hiring manager matchmaker <laughs> oh my gosh yeah Could you imagine no. yeah I was just trying yeah the millionaire matchmaker better watch out right Hot on her heels. Totally, totally. Um, Sarah, that has been absolutely amazing. If people would like to connect with you, is LinkedIn the easiest place? Or Yeah, LinkedIn, or you can find me on Twitter, Sarah Jane Syke. Sarah Jane Syke. Without a H, Sarah. Sarah with no H, yeah. Yes, so obviously Syke has a H. But anyway, I'm just not yeah. going to go there. Um, <laughs> with my spelling today, it's not happening. It's all right. It's been <laughs> so, a long week and a lot of thunderstorms. So <laughs> I know it's a crazy, crazy weather. We didn't have April showers, but having them in May. Yeah. So but it's all good fun. Um, thank you as ever. The most wonderful conversation. Thanks. Oh, Sarah. thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful for the opportunity. And it's just been really nice to kind of have have some thoughts and follow them wherever they've gone, actually. Yeah. It's been really nice to go, I wonder what about that as well. Yeah, I, know, I, could, I, think, I could talk to you for hours. Wouldn't it be amazing though if we just did spend more time being curious about our reactions and I know I like this yeah curiosity I think is definitely a skill or a a mindset or a you know whatever you want to kind of frame as something Mm. that we should definitely all spend a lot time a lot more time um developing or Mm. um looking after definitely yeah 
That'll also go in the new book. Anyway. <laughs> it's all right. I, I, I fully know that you will cite me appropriately in the appropriate places. So it's absolutely, absolutely. I still love Melanie Silverman, who calls herself Silverman Melanie 99 from having been in the first book. She literally went straight to the index to find herself and refuses to be called anything else. I love it. I love that. I'll have you in there as well. Burgess Amazing. Sarah 99. Anyway, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to the Hiring Partner Perspective Unedited Podcast, proudly supported by the people at WorkDrive. Hopefully you really enjoyed what you heard and have left feeling inspired. And if so, I would love your help to create real change. Please pass this podcast on to your hiring leaders and other recruiters and HR. Even share it on your social channels if you feel so inclined. But the more reach we can get, the more change we can create. So please remember to subscribe, of course, on your favorite podcast platform. And do come and say hello at Hiring Partner Perspective on Instagram, where I share behind the scenes of what's going on. Until next time, thank you. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast, Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.